2: music play a little bit more that is our co-host song Deja Vu I was getting a little relaxed into the music we have an amazing show today um, I'm going to bring on our co-host Mr. Jay Logan Mr. Logan how are you today?
3: Hi Jill I'm fine everything is wonderful um, we have a beautiful skies over here very hot and um, it's great doing great 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 well, Well, you know,
2: Jay, we have a wonderful show today, jam-packed hour and a half. We have Emmanuel Jal, okay, author, former child soldier from Sudan. We have Mr. Lachlan Arts back again. You know we're going to have some fun, okay? (laughs) And. And then our last person is amazing. It's a woman from England, okay? And she has something called the bulk market store where they've gone paperless when they give the products over to the people to take home. It's amazing. No more plastic bags. So, you know, Lachlan talking about – climate change and what we need to do, then we have Emmanuel Jaw who we're about to get right into. But before I bring Emmanuel on, Jay, for the next three minutes, would you let our audience tell them the news while we bring Emmanuel on?
3: I sure will. I sure will.
2: Thanks a lot, oh, Jay. Hi. We'll be right back.
3: <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. Um, this is the, the news for the day. Um, in the future, we'll all Fly personal drones. How is that? You know those drones that your kids have? You know, you got the little small ones. So just imagine a giant drone that, you know, instead of having your car, um, you could have in your garage. And regular flying drones, they might be seem like they're annoying and unsafe. But um the drones that you can climb into and fly to your grocery store will be a lot safer than these other drones. Um,
1: um
3: so be ready for this new technology you guys remember the jetsons well you remember they had those uh, those cars those flying cars well the cars are now passenger drones and these drones they can fly up to fifty miles per hour and eliminating stressful commutes and the, the ability to fly back and forth to your grocery store and um it's wonderful it's wonderful what technology has um, in, in 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 front of us you know another fun fact is it, it uh the drones are entirely uh, flown uh, with these new fiber optic type of, of technology. Um, they don't even have a single wire inside uh, in these drones. So be be ready for these flying drones. And, you know, when you look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Oh, no, it's a drone. You'll be able to see some of your friends going to the grocery stores. No traffic at all, you know, because everybody now... We have the freeways, and we have the airwaves. So that sounds fine for the future. Don't you guys think? I do. Uh, Next bit of news is uh, Sony, you know, this is our music segment here, Sony news licensing deal may change the way remixes are made. How about that? A new startup remix hit has just closed a deal with Sony Music that could change the way us musicians and DJs create and distribute legal remixes using copyrighted material. Yes, everyone, this service will allow users to purchase these things called stems. What are stems? They are isolated parts of a song.
4: Um,
3: And any musician can use their own, they can use it in their own creation, uh, which can be released via the company's Remix Hit platform distributing service. Uh, The company based in Nashville says the platform works with advanced audio identification technology that can detect copyrighted material at the STEM level, even if chopped or reversed or pitch-shift, time-stretched or distorted, and compressed to extreme levels. That's a step beyond most identification systems, which can, for example, recognize vocals lifted from popular songs and used in bootleg material, but not be able to detect those same vocals if they were heavily altered in some way. Now, through their licensing model, musicians will be able to purchase and approve these stems from Sony Music to use the, in their own production. Stems are separated, separate elements of songs, usually identified by types of instruments like vocals or guitars or synthesizers or per, even percussions. The musicians can then legally release the material created with the purchased stems through the company Remix hit platform. Once distributed, a revenue share plan will be split Will split royalties between the musician and the original rights owners. There's a lot that's unclear from digital music. Uh, this digital news news report. When users release material on the company remix hits platform, are there deals in place to distribute to the big players like Spotify or Apple Music? Will or can it act like an isolated listening destination like SoundCloud? Is it legal to distribute the songs yourself outside of the remix hits platform? If you purchase the stems, can you sell songs created with stems purchased from remix hits? What will the price range be to purchase stems, and how will the price be determined? Will Sony Music's entire catalog be available, like Michael Jackson's stuff or Mariah Carey's stuff, or only portions? So these are, these are all questions that we have. Um, legally remixing samples using has been a plight for the music industry for years, not just because of musicians, but a complete generation shift towards digital consumption that has outplaced ancient label models for income. And it was said about for forty percent of the illegal and out ripping. The solution for a long time was simply to report the offering materials to copyright violations. Some platforms like SoundCloud still engage in what is called what is called strikes. There have been some movements in recent li- years for labels to work with content platforms. YouTube signed a deal in 2012. With nine labels that allowed for users to upload copyrighted materials and direct ad revenue back to the rights of holders. But the area of DJ remixing and music-specified streaming platforms has continued to be sticky in terms of navigating clearance and revenue. Sony, it seems, is leading the way for majors to adopt new ways of looking at great areas of music that use label-owned content. It also recently signed a deal with Dubset, a service that takes music created with copyrighted derivative material, often remixed, and clears it use with original right holders for legal distribution and revenue sharing. Dubset is also reportedly working on a deal with Universal Music, or uh, MCA, or uh, MCA Music, or and Warner Brothers Music. These are two different ways to look at legalizing samples, remakes, along with other beta platforms in developing trackware. Well, Jay, the-
2: I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jay, but we have Emmanuel Jaw on.
3: Oh, okay, wonderful. Emmanuel, hello. say hello. To- hello,
2: say hello to the audience, Emmanuel. Hello, hi. So, this is Emmanuel Jahl, everyone. Emmanuel, do you remember Jay Logan? Jay, this is Emmanuel Jahl we had on before. Hello, sir. A
1: while ago, yeah.
2: Yes. So, Emmanuel, you know, the audience is so excited. And, Jay, um, why don't you say hello to Emmanuel?
5: Hello, Emmanuel. How are you? Hey, hi. Thank you. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing fine. Good to have you back on the show, man.
5: Thank you so much. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> Let's rock it.
2: Well, you know, Emmanuel, we want to get right into the show, okay? And since we know your you know, audience, we have very little time with Jay, today, uh, Jay and Emmanuel today, so we're going to get right into the show. Emmanuel, you know, you are an author. You are one of the most well-known hip-hop artists out there. You've done work with Nelly Furtado All right, you are a documentarian, you are an entrepreneur, I mean, you are so many things and, you know, since the last show, we're so happy to have you back and you're just doing so much more. So before we get into the show, Emmanuel, we just ask that you tailor your answers to each question because we don't want you to let all the good stuff out before time. Is that okay with you, Emmanuel?
1: Fantastic.
2: Okay. So, Emmanuel, you've done the movie The Good Lie, right? We're going to start way back to the beginning, okay? Okay. A young man who leaves, just let our audience know, a young man who leaves Sudan, who is a child soldier. Share with our audience what it was like for you to come from Sudan to the United States at the beginning. What was the culture shock like for you, Emmanuel?
5: You know, where I come from, the beginning was simple. And, you know, the life that we had all of my village was taken away from us, so hell came to us, and and since then we've been searching for peace, and every time we pray for a better day, everything just become worse and worse, but uh, life kept changing, now I'm now here, and uh, by the first time when I arrived in the U.S., I was also, <laughs> I was shocked. Europe was the first place I visited, even Kenya, Nairobi look strange to me. Like, you see tall buildings, you get dizzy, you know, crossing the the street, the cars, you know things that we used to hear, even toilets you know I used to be scared of toilets. you know imagine go to a toilet, I have to look down into the toilet, thinking maybe a snake will come through, you know following the toilet, you know so there's a lot of uh, culture shock coming into the new city. Settling it down was difficult because now you got used to running around to, for your life. Now you're at a peaceful place, so the war began to play in the mind. So before you're running for your life, but now everything there's an invasion of you know, space in your mind, and this. I'll probably call it maybe traumatic experience. Everything began to play itself, things caught in the past. So that was the challenge, you know, of being in a peaceful place.
1: Wow.
2: Well, Jay, I know you have a question for him. I sure do.
3: So, Emmanuel, my question is, what first changed you for when you came to the United States as a child soldier?
5: I mean, you know, being in a concrete jungle is a big challenge. So you can see a banana, you have to buy it. You see nice shoes, you have to buy it. Everybody was bogged in their own battles. Now I would say like the battles are fought in the mind and won in the heart. To find people are running away from something that is not visible. And, you know, it's strange then where we come from, you know, even though, Whatever is chasing us, we can see it. At that time, you know, the only time you can starve is when there is an ambush. But through, and you can go in the forest. If you can go to a different village that is of a different tribe. You can get food for free. So I came. There's two worlds. You know, the world I was in and the near world was different. You know, I would have just Gotten lost, like most lost boys who came out that didn't have enough support or didn't keep their vision in heart. Some of them are in jail. You know, they just got locked up into the system. And they didn't know how to handle it. And we had a dream of coming to this place of milk and honey, where rivers are painted with gold and silver, which was actually true. But now coming here, yes, the master will provide you what you want. But what the master takes back from you is more than actually, it's more. It takes everything, your heart, your mind, your soul. It takes everything. So now learning to hustle and maneuver yourself to to come above survival state is a challenge. I think one of the things that helped me to be able to, to manage myself, not only in the U.S. or the areas I've gone, is purpose. I was a lucky kid to discover my purpose at a young stage and just kept on it. And I would say, what is purpose? It's surrendering yourself to a cause bigger than you. you know. And when you immerse yourself in your purpose, you gain courage. When you immerse yourself in your purpose. You begin to relax. You become calm. You see the future. And what was the purpose? I always wanted to be, make a difference. I wanted to be a part of a solution. And I kept visualizing as a kid... That time and that created luck for me by changing my environment and having a positive attitude toward any situation I go through, living my life of gratitude. As a kid, I understand those things give me joy and internal strength to be able to focus and appreciate every new relationship I have and to learn to leverage, despite the traumatic experience that I had. Because you know, when you come from a traumatic situation, Everything is taken away from you. Your love is taken away from you. Your confidence is taken away from you. Your courage is taken away from you. You know, your sense of trust is taken away from you. You're locked in a world, you know. It's like invasion of demons that have occupied space in your mind. Nothing else matters. The things of the past holding you in the present. So being able to overcome those things it's because i had a uh, i had a, a a dream i had this purpose wanting to be a part of a, uh a, a, a solution and keeping that in my mind every day that i'm going to be part of the people making this world better and then leveraging the network i have and changing my environment hanging out with the right people long-term process it, it helped create it, the situation i am in
2: Pretty powerful, uh, Emmanuel. Thank you for sharing that. Manuel. one of the things I wanted to ask you, this, you know, this is, it, it, I always love having you, and so does Jay love having you on the show, because it really gets into, like, really the mindset and understanding what a human being is, okay? Here you are coming from Sudan. Now, let's deal with this. How was it? what was it like for you to star in a movie, which is a Good Lie with Reese Witherspoon by our global advisor, Margaret Nagel, who's the global advisor for Listen Gifts? What was it like to star in that movie as a person coming from Sudan, okay, and settling into the United States? What was that like mentally for you to play in a movie where you're basically starring yourself?
5: So basically I'm living a life that was, so the story of the lost boys is real. So I wasn't one of the kids who came to U.S. I was a different, my story is slightly different. I was actually rescued by a British aid worker called Emma McCune, uh, who smuggled me to Kenya. But most of the story, the same lost boys were my colleagues. Most of them were ex-child soldiers, but coming to U.S. or Canada and other areas, they will not put their stories as child soldiers, you know. So... It was, for me, it was a challenge because I had to go to real issues, and you know, I had to remember what happened to cry. They tried to put something in my eyes so I could cry, but there was no tears coming. So it took me a no. while to actually try to go deep inside and just remember the things and just become like a little child again. Now that's when, when losing my body, that's when tears had to come because. I had to leave this that I'm an adult. So I have to remember what happened at a Cape. You see your village burning down. You see people die. You see your mother cry. And that's where I took myself and forgot myself. That's when I was able to. Which wow. Was a, which was also a journey. It, it takes it takes away from you. So you have to take a while to, to rebuild yourself again. But I look at it as I'm doing... I'm telling a story, not that not. It's not only my story, but a story for a lot of people. Experience with Reese with this woman was amazing. The love she had for everybody and and just learning from us and teaching us was an amazing experience. And Margaret did a great job. You know, the people who produced the movie was a courage because it's not like a movie that they wanted to make commercial out of. It was a cause-driven movie because the producers of the movie as their family actually adapted the next child soldier.
3: Wow.
2: Jay, I know you have a question for him.
5: Yes, Amanda. This this is a question about
3: how did you find music in America, in the United States? How did you find music here?
5: Well, when I was in Kenya, I didn't even know that there were black people in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) I used to think Tupac, there were Kenyans, I used to think Bomali was an Ethiopian. So Michael Jackson was probably thinking was a South African kid. You know, I had no idea, you know. All these guys singing in English, I thought they were just Africans in Africa. You know. But it took me a while until nineteen ninety something. That someone said, Oh, there's a place called United States and there are black people and there's a place called Jamaica, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sinking in was taking a while. So listening to Tupac, I'm not like, yeah, this is Tupac, or this, are, this is Biggie, and the rest, they come from America. You can hear they come from America, but it doesn't get into you. You still see these are black people. They're from Kenya, or something like that. Yeah.
2: That's funny. Oh, my God. That's
5: what hilarious. Like, <laughs> what I like was the stories they were telling in the music. So these guys are telling stories, being chased, guns, living in the street, uh, people getting killed. And I said, are these real stories, or these things really happen? So after a while, I begin to question people to learn more. Then I realized, hey, these guys are storytellers. And so and uh, it made me just love hip-hop. It wasn't my favorite, but I loved the stories they were doing because it was a weird beat that made me dance differently from the way we dance in Africa, but my body could tell. The coolest thing about music is... The body understands how you should move your body when it's played. So, and I just went to that.
2: Jay, can I think a question in here with Emmanuel since we don't have that much time?
5: Sure,
1: sure.
2: You know, when you talked about music tells a story, Emmanuel, I heard you say that. Music tells a story, and you talked about the fighting in the story that hip-hop tells, which it really does. My question to you is, what is it? You, you know, in our last show, we didn't get a chance to ask you this. You talked about the concrete jungle here in this country. And you talked about, the, you know, what was going on with the war in Sudan. Did you find any difference between the war that you heard in the stories of hip-hop and the concrete, you know, as a concrete jungle, and what you were experiencing out there in Sudan? Were they similar to you?
5: There are different wars. The war in U.S. is a mental war. It's like it's, it's an evolved ever of You know, it's like you're in a Matrix or something. Because if you look at it, I call it concrete jungle because there's no way you can go to a forest and grab a banana that you can. You can just eat. It's like everything you have to buy. I mean, like even though oxygen. They even sell oxygen, you know, to get... (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) So there is plenty, but you have to pay for it. So I'll sometimes imagine if I was born in America, I would probably either be in jail or maybe a gangster. Wow. (laughs) Wow. on the street. Because if you look at it, what is it? So we have to understand what is poverty. You know, that... There are major things that control the mind of a human being and make them act like an animal. And this is fear of not knowing what is happening tomorrow, fear of not knowing what's going to happen to your loved one, fear of losing your life, fear of poverty, fear of failure. We see poverty is real. You know, poverty is real. And if you are in a place where there's no opportunities, or the opportunities are caused, what will happen is you'll be in a survival state. Now, you're not going to be thinking ahead. You'll not have time to engage your mind to think ahead and solve complex problems because the space, you know, poverty is like trauma. It occupies space on the back of your mind. There is bills to pay, you know. Right. You're always thinking about the bills. You're thinking about me, me. So everything is just me and around. And also that you're getting hit By things that you don't need Okay, you gotta buy these There's something called You There's something called Nike There's something called this So now everything that you make You've been hit on a psychological state You spent So you don't even think about something
1: called savings
5: Well, it's like It's a, it's a technical, psychological, emotional Draining way I actually think Anyone who can make it in America, drop them anywhere in the world and they'll survive. They'll make it happen because everything will be easy. That's why you wow. see a lot of European or a lot of Americans come to Africa very poor and then they come back to their country millionaires. Or they come back stable. You know?
2: Wow. Well um, my next question for you and then Jay will uh come to you is um, you know w- now that you are, I don't even know where to go with that after you said that so much, you have started the Vegan Cafe in Toronto. What made you start this cafe? Because I'm on my way of becoming a vegan as well.
5: Oh, well, I, I just want, we have vegan food at the cafe. I, I would say probably, I'll, I'll probably I'll eat eggs. don't want to piss the vegan off. That's just because of vitamin D12. <laughs> you know, there's certain things with, As human beings We evolve over the years You know And I take eggs once in a while I eat meat once in a while Just for certain things I could not find That are natural Most of the stuff we supplement Things that have been manufactured In the factory and given to us You know And so I tend to like go Okay, I'm going to eat natural I'm going to eat probably in season I mean, the question is a challenge is long term plan is to eat in season, because as human beings, we're the only species that have sex throughout the season and eat throughout the season, like we don't eat in season, all other stuff the the plants obey the season. you know but here we that, interrupted everything.
2: Absolutely.
5: everything absolutely is causing us problems you know, I was growing as a kid, the season for fish. There is season for all. meat, there is season for vegetable. there's season for milk. And now here, you, people eat meat three times a day. <laughs> I mean, three times a day. Even lions don't eat three times a day meat, you know?
2: <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. And you know the funny thing is, um, Emmanuel, that I'm – so Jay and I eat holistically as well. And the funny thing is my, my nutritionist talked about when to eat potatoes, when you should be eating carrots, you know, the summer fruits for the summer, everything was in its season. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I,
2: exactly. So Jay has another question for you, I know, because I know you're short for time. So, Jay, um, I know you're up next, sir. I, I stuck I a question in there.
3: I just want to know, Gil, like, Emmanuel, what was it like to star in your first movie? You know, someone coming from your country. What was that like?
5: To start, uh, what?
3: Uh, what was it like to star in that in your first movie? What was it like to be a star in your first movie coming from your country? What was that like?
5: Hey, as, uh, after tonight, I still feel like I'm dreaming. You know, haven't woken up, <laughs> and how things are happening for me. I haven't woken up, and as I talk to you, you know. I come from an area, people ask me, "Manda, how do you still maintain your smile? Are you still, why are you still happy? Are you able to dance every day? Now, as I talk to you now, I come from an area in South Sudan where the government, the current president of the country, invaded that area, and young boys were frustrated. Soldiers were paid for raping women and looting the properties of the individuals. If there's an elder alive in that area, that elder is lucky. Most of the people are under protection of the U.N. Those who didn't run got killed. And those who are hiding in the bushes are getting hunted. Now, my brothers, all my family members, are in the refugee camps. They can't get out because if they get out, they can be targeted. So now that has happened for three years. Now, that is the reality of what is happening. But what gives me my smile is I'm their voice, you know. Just being their voice and being able to be in that movie gave me the strength to continue to tell the stories, you know, and keeping my head up. Every time I do something, if I stand up and I keep my purpose and I keep my joy up, they are watching me in refugee camp. They see my post. They see I'm still standing, and it keeps hope alive.
2: You know, speaking of refugees, I want to know what work, you know, what share with the audience what kind of work, the amazing work you're doing around refugees and showing how refugees lend to any country they go to, like they create the economics in that country. We're all refugee uh, refugees here in America, every single one of us, because the Native Indians were here first. So can you share with us around the work, what you do, you know, and your charity and things like that?
5: Well, what I do is I'm a recording artist, so I share my experiences for social emotional learning to create conscious global awakening. And I believe every person has a story. So when we share these stories, they bring us together. They make us grow. They help us find our purpose. That's what stories do. And so who's a refugee? A refugee is somebody, nobody wants to leave their home eh, just to go to somewhere else. They're economical refugees, those who run away to look for a better job, you know. And there are those who are running due to political situations. And there are ro- those who's, who are refugees because their homeland is invaded, because there's a development that has to take place, which is to dig the oil or the gold and the diamonds, the people are displaced, you know, and they cannot speak out. And of those who there's war has happened in their country, and they run away. So a refugee is somebody who left everything. And if you want to find out why a refugee ran run away, mostly it's not for them to stay alive. It's because they want to know if any of their members is alive, and also, also they want to tell the story of what happened so somebody can know this happens. Most refugees run, that's keep them to, to survive in a longer way. They're not thinking about, oh, I'm going to die. They're thinking, I want to tell this story. You know, and if I can meet my family members, that would be great. I want to know what happened to them. So the refugees who are coming all over the world here, and also it should speak. They speak to us too as individuals because what happened in South Sudan will affect somebody in the United States. What happened in somebody in the United States will affect people in South Sudan. We're all connected.
1: Wow.
2: Well, I know Jay has one last question for you, uh, Emmanuel.
3: Yes, I do, Jill. Um, Emmanuel, now we're going to talk about the music. How does your music reflect the concrete jungle here in America and in your country of Sudan?
5: Well, in the early days, I didn't know much about what was really happening. But now, I kind of like that. The music in the Concord Jungle has a tremendous influence globally, you know, because it's come with a lot of passion, with a lot of energy. And so I always always listen to the great, what are they saying? I look at music, when somebody sings, I look at the talent behind what makes them this great. And so I would listen to them, why are they flowing like that? you know? But very few musicians do their music with a purpose. And those who do the purpose, very few of them get actually the, the platform that is required. Because purpose-driven musicians raise a conscious awakening. And when the human being becomes more conscious and aware, they spend less. They spend less, they begin to question things, and nobody likes that. <laughs> like people. Yeah, people like traumatic people because a traumatic person is a real business. They're going to wow. have in the afternoon, they want to drink alcohol, they're going to punch somebody in the face. It's good for the, everybody. Oh, wow. A calm person spends less, buy less clothes, they eat healthy, they produce less.
1: <laughs> That's but the truth.
5: Somebody whose mind is invaded, they want an ice cream, they want to eat a burger, they have headache, their stomach hurt, they go to hospital. They have an argument with the police, Probably they punch the police, they are arrested. <laughs> see so it's just good for economy you know <laughs> that's my own <laughs> that's my own thing. no
2: I, I i tell you, Emmanuel, I know I said it's a last question, but Jay and I, as you know, um we're in the business side of the music industry as well as songwriters and musicians and I want to ask you this. You know, you that last part you just said, tra- being traumatic is a business, okay? I won't say who, but a music artist just came out with a number one hit and everyone thinks it's a great thing. I think it's great that she's gotten up there, but I don't think it's the music that represents us, who we are today. It may represent what's in the hood, but even in the hood that is not really there today. I want to ask you, do you think that what do you think about people purchasing music? You know, I'm going off I'm going off base here. What do you think about people purchasing music virtue versus just streaming?
5: I think to purchase music will keep the artists going on. Yeah. You know, but we have to go with the technology now. So the new technology has offered us diversification where now the monopoly industries don't control everything. So now we have Facebook and streaming. People are able to have more music. And music is almost like free now. But it also goes into the conscience of the individual. That those who still buy music, they buy merchandise, just to keep the artists going. You know? Yeah. So even though the industry is changing, as long as you know what you're, you're doing, it shouldn't affect... Uh, where you're going, really. because we are all, human beings, we all adapt to, to environment, we adapt to, to seasons, we adapt to how things go, so it's nothing really for a lot of people to worry, because if they start worrying, they create the reality of what they're magnifying in their mind. So I think if you look at what become ahead, look at the reflection of the leadership in every country is the society. What are you feeding people, you know? So if it's not in them, they'll not respond to it positively. So certain music responds to us because it's in us. Now, I want to go this way. For example, you play a conscious track, and you uh, play the other one. What are the, the chances of a conscious track becoming a hit depend on the consciousness of the people in that area, you know, but depending also on the artist bringing it. So you could have that same artist that sing music that people think is crap sing a real song, a song that is highly driven, and it can create a, a paradigm shift in the people they're listening to, because that's the person they're following. Now, the gods and the Power planets are the idols, are the people we look up to, and they have a real influence in our lives. And so there's a whole industry built on on understanding the psychology of the people. You know, I remember when I used to do music in the past, and I would tell you, your music is too deep for the audience. We can't play it because we don't want these people to think that stress. We just want them something that they can check their leg move on because there's a lot of stuff going on, you know. Conscious music makes you think, makes you stand, makes you question, makes you reason, makes you search yourself. And to other people who benefit from from the suffering of the uh, majority of people, they would not want conscious music to go ahead. You know. But there's other avenue where conscious people go for the conscious music. Like what you're doing, you're doing a a powerful work that is conscious awakening. So you're a threat to other industry that feeds on the of other people. You're more interested in uh, building the people. You're more interested in providing content. You know? Wow. But before I leave, I just want to say, like, I'm, uh, I also like, I'm into the food. So Jalgua Cafe in Toronto is just like my office. But the big thing is, I have a, a food product called Jalgua which people can put in their smoothies or they can make energy balls with it so people can check it out. But the thing that I'm really more into nowadays is I'm more into all of this. Yeah. I'm more into a person connecting with their inner being. I'm more interested in what's on in their mind. And so I do those workshops nowadays in Toronto or globally when I'm
1: traveling. So. You
2: know, Evanyu, we're doing a workshop tomorrow um, for... Musicians and artists around this, and and Jay knows I've been with my nutritionist for over almost 20 years. I know, just, just told my age now, um, and so we start with how can an, how a musician approaches their career and their creativity by what they eat in their system and the energy from which that food comes from. Wow. Yeah, so we will, you know, Jay and I will definitely get with you and um, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, This is always a big treat and please check uh, Manuel Jal out at Jalgua Cafe, J-A-L-G-U-A dot com. He's doing some amazing things. He was just here at the UN uh, doing Guru in the Week uh, with the Global Citizens folks. So we're just so glad to have you, Emmanuel, and keep being the man that you are. You just, you just keep rocking it on. I love you.
5: Thank you. Much love too. Thank you, sister.
2: Thank you. Bye. Okay. Well, Jay, that was amazing, wasn't it?
3: It sure was. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show. It just, it just opens up how fortunate and blessed we are being in this country and having the freedom to be ourselves.
2: I tell you, it's um. I mean,
3: that's he's really he's went through a lot, and that movie is such an amazing movie. After you turned me on to that movie, Gil, it changed my life. You know, I really enjoyed that movie. Me and my mom watching, and that that was a wonderful movie. And um, you know, he's done he's done amazing things by bringing his family over here. And um in showing the world
2: how it is in his Wow. Do we still have you, Jay? Yeah, I'm still
1: here. still
2: here. Okay, great. Well, Jay, you know, um I tell you I don't know what else to say. I just I'm I'm just my words are taken. Yeah,
3: it's it's just, it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know, after watching the movie that Emmanuel was in, and he did, watching the struggle, or even just the attempt to even get to our country, it's amazing that he even made it over here. And that's a feat in itself, you know, from over there. And just listening to him, I was telling about he didn't even know, which is funny, he said, I didn't know that uh, all these artists uh, came from America. I thought they all came from, you know, Kenya, you know, the Michael Jackson and the whole gang of them. <laughs>
2: So, I tell you, exactly. They don't have
3: a clue. Well, you know what,
2: Jay? We can't talk long because we've had Lachlan Arts waiting. And you know, we're about to take this whole conversation to another place. Okay, guys? So when Lachlan gets on, we really have some fun. So Lachlan was on last week, and we're just going to bring Mr. Arts right on in. Is that okay with you, Jay?
3: That's wonderful. I can't wait for him. <laughs>
2: Mr. Lachlan Arts, welcome, 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 welcome.
0: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, (laughs) thank you. We are
2: sorry we had to keep you waiting, sir, but Emmanuel Jal, and then you, and then so many, you know, you guys have such great stuff, we don't want to let you go,
0: you know, what can I tell you? We may have to keep you a little bit too, but... Oh, we can't help We, we it. only lost we we only lost a couple of glaciers in the meantime, so no big deal, not a problem. Yeah, yeah I, isn't it the truth? Well, Locklin, <laughs> it Lachlan, is the truth.
2: Yeah, I tell you, it, it truly is the truth. Well, you know, Jay, you know how we do here. We're going to get right into the call, Lachlan, You know the spiel a little bit. We're going to ask you <clears throat> to just tailor your answers to the questions, so you don't give away all your goodies too fast. Is that okay?
0: Yes well n- now i get now I really know the drill because i don't I don't assume that I know what the goodies are. I'll just pretty much hold back everything and then you can let me know how to let it out so i'm I'm getting with the program i think we gotta be careful how you let it out now, you know, okay, so <laughs> how many times have I heard that? okay, let's go <laughs> <laughs> <I'll
1: tell> you. <laughs> so I'm
0: you
1: know i i you,
2: I know. I'm afraid, too, Jay. I love what Lachlan's doing because we never know where we're going to go. <laughs> you know, but, ex- absolutely. So we're changing energetic, uh, energy right here. You know, having both these men on is amazing. Emmanuel and then Lachlan, this is fun. Lachlan, last week we were talking about cl- climate, hurricanes, you know. Yep, we're going to go yep. right into this based, based on your knowledge and where we are now. Yep. Well, no. we continue to have several hurricanes, as far as you can see, and, you know, the experts that you're around, as much as we have yeah. now. And do you think that we can do any, you know, even with, let's say you mobilize 100 million people right now,
1: right? This that's, right. Say, that's right, that's right, that's will, right, will that's
2: right. Will we still be able to do anything about these hurricanes that are coming now?
0: Well, No. Okay, so in terms of, you know, there is, the, there, well, <laughs> look, there's a temperature increase that's already happened, all right, so that's not going to get reversed. So we've already increased one degree Celsius above pre-industrial temperature, so that has already happened, and everything that's happening now in terms of all the weather-related incidents, uh hurricanes, the tornadoes, the, you know, everything that's happening that's completely directly related to the increase in temperature that's already happened. So we're not going back. Um, And then with the carbon that's already in the atmosphere, we're going to go to at least another about 0.3, 0.4 degree increase. That's locked in. There's nothing we're going to do about that. So we really are riding the tide of, of something that's already been set in place. So what there is to do is to deal with that this is what we've done. This is, you know, we made our bed, now we got to sleep in it. And, uh, you know, so what can we do, you know, in terms of emergency response and all the stuff that needs to be happening now in response to what is happening and what will predictably continue to happen. And at the same time, the actions that we take now will will put a cap on the the severity of how far we're going to take it. So yes, we're having hurricanes, but, but there are still places that aren't underwater. Yes, we're having hurricanes, but there are still places that aren't flooding. So the actions that we take now are not going to do anything about, you know, what's going to happen in the next four to five years. The hurricanes are going to continue. They're going to get worse. That's the way it's going, but we can cap the severity of, um, we can cap the severity of the magnitude of how far we're going to go, and then we can start to decline. So we can cap, you know, that it, it won't get worse than a particular point, and then we can start to decline.
2: Wow. Well, I know Jay has a question for you. It won't be too bad. Don't worry. We won't get you to time.
0: Well, I'll tell you that when she's done asking.
4: <laughs> Oh uh, <laughs> <Go ahead, Jay. laughs> uh, the question
3: is, uh, <laughs> We we hear that you're in the United Nations incubator. So to speak for twenty twenty or bus and students yes. are working on your apps,
0: what will yes. this look like? Um you mean what does what does being in action look like? Yes.
2: No, what does the app yeah, what is,
0: yeah like what is what,
2: what will does the, app, the app, look
0: app look like, you know, going okay. going through this incubator? Good. Okay. Good. So, so, well, I, So, what it's going to look like once we're done with the upgrade is that? Is that? Yeah. Uh, that'll work too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Just whatever's close to what I'm asking will be fine. You know. No. No. Because I want. I just want to make sure I'm answering your question because we, the app now you know, is a functional app. You can download it, you can use it, and it actually, you know, you take the actions and lets you know where you are in terms of your 2020 budget. So the upgrade that we're currently in in the process of doing is um, it's going to make the app uh, gamified. It's also going to make the app regionalized. So what that looks like is, you know, if I'm, you know, a teenager in China, um, I can go on the app and in the, Uh, pretty simple order I can design my own version of the app that's going to be specifically for teenagers in China and what are the actions that those kids are going to take and what are the kind of things that they're going to do which are going to be very different than if you've got for example somebody who goes to Dartmouth and they want to get in there and, and you know reconfigure a Dartmouth app so that everybody from Dartmouth can go in and actually play the game as someone from Dartmouth. So we want to have it be that groups can actually get established and then they can do their carbon reduction as a group. So how much of a reduction has, uh, you know, AFL-CIO, for example, done if they want to be a union version of the app or, you know, the garden club in Cleveland, you know, with their version of the app, whatever that is, and then they can compete against other groups. And, uh, So there wants to be a competitive nature to it, also a very um, specific kind of return, individual return, people like instant gratification. You know, so, for example, I'm not going to eat meat today. So I can go on and say I'm not going to eat meat today, and it says, okay, now you've got 10 points. And I can start accumulating points. And then with the points that you get, you can get prizes, you can trade your points, you can um, sell your points, whatever that is, so so we want to get the app. So that it's something that people want to want to be addicted to it, right? Like Pokemon, like um, um, oh, you know that what's a Candy Crush? You know the, the kind of stuff that you see everybody playing on the train. We want to have it be so that when you're on the train, people are playing Twenty Twenty or bucks Got it. Wow, wow, that's
2: pretty cool. Well, Jay, you have a new game it to is. play with now.
0: Oh yeah, so, exactly. No. It's the it's the extinction game, baby. Come on. So, so what were you about to say, Jay? You're not gonna play. You're gonna play the game, right, Jay?
3: Well, you know, I'm in California and I'm I want to play the app, but I just wanted to know, like, for years out here, Yale, you know, our eyes are burning. We have headaches out here. We have problems yes. breathing. So we have the yes. biggest smog thing out here in America, open California. Yes. When you come out here. Uh, next month, Gail, enjoy the weather because uh, you won't. I'll, whatever you need. you need, the oxygen tank, I'll just one. Whatever you need. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> Damn. That's why we're so,
3: we're so about this emissions thing out here, Gail. It's horrible. It's terrible. Especially in LA. Terrible. You can't even see the mountains. Yeah.
2: Wow. Wow. That's scary. That's pretty scary. That's pre- that's That's really scary. Well, you know, um Lachlan's probably j Jay, Jay's fault that this has happened, oh you know mm-hmm. because he didn't put his garbage out, um but oh, you know
0: oh, i see, I see, so j J is we can say why is climate change happening? It's because of Jay.
2: it absolutely is, and you know, I've been trying to tell him for a while not to do this. And he wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. But I figured now since you're on the call, he might listen, uh-huh. you know. So
1: Isn't we're going to go into I'm the next. Thing, is yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, I had to. I had to tell Lachlan on you. You know what I mean. So we're going to go into the next question Absolutely. here, Lachlan. But I really, but I part... really had to tell on you here. I will. Good.
1: Brazil is good. part
2: of. You know, Brazil has one of the biggest part of the ecosystems for the Amazon forest, right? Yes. And yes. They also have a plastic bottle issue too And garbage issue And, yeah. they're, and they're trying to rectify yeah. it They're, try, they're, they're very yeah. much trying to rectify it Which is good But on the other good. hand They have just opened up Their Amazon forest A big uh, 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 I, I would say a huge amount of acreage To big business mm. and big industry From different countries mm. Okay,
1: mm. It's going to affect mm-hmm.
2: animal life There's different species found in the mm. Amazon Every day they're going oh. to affect that, and tribes who don't normally are not normally seen by the public and use this as their home,
1: okay? Oh. I want to ask oh. you,
2: how do you think Please. this is going to affect North America? Let's just start at North America and then the world, because you've been able to speak with ex- experts, just in your estimation, yeah. you've, you've been able to speak to experts and so that people really understand what this means, you know. And, you know, yeah. here's the thing, yeah. you know, yeah. Manuel Jaw shared with us earlier, if you had a chance to hear him, that, yeah. you know, one of the things that goes on is that, you know, sometimes we, we're not the enemy with the government. Actually, we're hoping that we're supporting the U.S. government by sharing this information yeah. with them because as much as they have yeah. people in place, You know, sometimes they need help, too. This is set up so that we are in partnership with our government.
1: Mm. What
2: do you think Mm. it will happen that maybe Brazil doesn't realize with, you know, the Amazon forest going out to big industry drilling? Because they're just trying to do what they can for infrastructure to help the country, but at the same time we're taking away from the ecosystem with the Amazon, which is not much left and affecting how the balance of Earth is going now. So I know that was a lot, but I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about this.
0: All right. Well, first of all, I'm, I just tell you right up front, I'm not qualified to answer the question. Okay? Okay. Now, as you know from <laughs> a lot, watching a lot of shows on TV, that certainly never stops people from answering the question. But, um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but I will give you our take. On the issue, kind of that that the question addresses. All right, there are there is so much horrific stuff happening, including what you're talking about. Right, you know what mm-hmm. Russia is doing in terms of opening up its Arctic uh, for drilling. I mean, you know, which which is just criminal. You know, because it, the it, it, you know the the business side of it is well, now that the glaciers have so have have so melted that it's now profitable. You don't have to drill as far to get to the oil, so it's now profitable to actually drill. Isn't that handy? So um, (laughs) back to the Amazon. See, see, our, our focus is solely individual. So when we look at a situation like the Amazon and we say, all right, as an individual, what can I do? I can't really do anything about that. Maybe there are individuals that can, but I, from where I sit, I can't. Now, so I've got to look at what's the action that I can take in this business that we've got of reducing the emissions by eight gigatons by 2020. What's the action that I can take, which I then can take, right? And then look at right. the – because there is, there is going to be a connection. So, for example, if the Amazon, if what they're doing there is, is, you know, palm oil or things like that, a lot of, you know, what what that happens in the Amazon. See, there's a direct connection between what I, the action that I can take and the um, value that's going to be gotten from what they're doing over there. For example, if we all stop buying plastic, it would it would not be good for business to keep manufacturing plastic, right? If we all reduced our beef intake, it would be much less attractive for them to be doing what they're doing in the Amazon in terms of what, what they're doing over there that has to do with agricultural farming. So there is a connection, even though it's not a direct connection between the action that I can take and what makes it attractive or not attractive to business to be doing what they're doing in the Amazon. So that's, my take on your question. And again, in terms of the specific answer to your question, I just don't have the information. I'm not qualified to to make the connection between what's happening there in North America.
2: Well well, I know Jay has another question for you as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. I have one for you too, Gail, at the same time. You know,
1: I don't know if you use hairspray,
0: <laughs> Gail. Oh geez.
1: <laughs> bulldogers, bulldogers, yeah, Gail, presser, somehow somehow
0: dinner. Gail is going to be sharing the blame for what? the climate I'm crisis get, by I'm the time this is over. This i just want
1: to know,
3: like bug <laughs> I'm just to I'm going to get in like bug spray, hairspray,
1: air you
3: know, get <laughs> For our listeners, you know, people who use bug spray and hairspray and paint thinner and air fresheners, all that stuff, is that affecting the heat of the planet? Well,
0: I, I, I would say significantly no. I mean, back, if you're old enough, you're, if you're old like me, you will remember back in the day when the ozone layer was a big deal.
1: <laughs> it's over, right? Okay.
0: Well, <laughs> but you don't hear about the ozone layer anymore, right? No,
1: we don't hear nothing about
0: that anymore. Is it That's the truth. That's old <laughs> no, news. God, no. no, but, but that, was way, that was back when all of us, you know, when in terms of all of the hairsprays and everything like that, everything got shifted over because of the impact that it was, that, that it was making, right? And And, uh-huh. you know, which actually, you know, pretty much did the job. So in terms of aerosols and things like that, the, the short answer is no. In terms of you know, what can I do that's going to make the biggest difference? It's not going to be in that arena. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have some some kind of impact or whatever like that. But I would uh, uh, I wouldn't be concerned about it if I was you. If that you know if you've got a favorite hairspray out there.
1: <laughs> well, I don't have any
3: hair, so It's not me. Um, <laughs> so.
0: Well, you know, hairspray's got
1: multi-uses, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what, oh. but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> but my well, you my know, real you question
0: well,
2: is, oh, no, I, I had to interrupt this. With, I had to bother oh, Lachlan on this one. You know, Lachlan, yes. you wear hairspray, I'm sure, too, because, you know, you have to keep your dude just I right. I do
0: not. Oh, <laughs> I want to tell you something. I do not. How how my hair goes is I run a comb through it. And, you know, let nature take its course. And that's that's my look for the day. So I got no junk in my hair, but thank you very much.
2: Well, no, it's always – but now, Jay, his hair is always spiked
0: perfectly. So I thought he used hair (laughs) spray. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. I'll take your version. Thank you. Yeah, his hair is always –
2: I mean, Jay, when I tell you that the hair is always spiked perfectly. It's 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 unreal. It, it really is. Well,
1: so I'm well, going to let
2: Jay go with this last question because I know, he, <laughs> I know okay, he's going to say something funny. I know he's got no, something
5: for us here.
0: I'm all, I'm all ready. Go ahead. Okay. Well,
5: well my, my last question is this,
3: but I just want to make sure is grill cream still on the market? But moving moving away from that, volcanoes. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: volcanoes oh God. are ready to erupt. <laughs> volcanoes oh are ready to erupt here. What do we do in your words, luck? What do we do?
0: Well, I would not be under the volcano when it erupts. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Does this all have to do with the- <laughs> I can't even I mean, get the words out.
0: Know- I mean there's not much else you're gonna do. I mean I'm you know, you're not gonna stop the volcano. So uh, you know
1: <laughs> so this, does
3: this all have to do with global warming, the hurricanes, the volcanoes, no, no, there, there,
0: I, I, I again, I you know I don't, I don't I don't know what connection there is between climate change and the volcanoes. So I know that I know that climate change doesn't cause the volcanoes erupting because volcanoes have been erupting since, you know, uh, a long time, certainly a long time before the Industrial Revolution. So I don't know the impact that climate change has on volcanoes, um, and uh, I just don't know. But again, if if I lived by one, I might consider moving.
2: Well, the reason that we you know this is i can't even, I can't even get the question out. oh um, the reason we asked this question is because you know they've they've been talking about the volcanoes are set to erupt over where there's been a lot of fires in different states, okay,
1: yeah, and yeah, especially
2: yeah. I think it's around Yellowstone or somewhere around there, and one of the issues okay. is I think they had they' were looking at either holes were drilled in and they were intending to drill more holes. My question to oh. you, you know, behind behind yeah. this is, Lachlan, if the volcano were to blow, and you know, let's say it's blown more than even uh, the one that did some many years back, you know, in, you know, in uh, Washington State, if it sure. were to blow, how would it affect climate in general? If that were to happen to us now in this century,
0: I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. It's a great question, but, wow. and I and I'm unfortunately your guest is uh, <clears throat> not qualified for that response.
2: Well, well, I will give you one that you are qualified for. Oh,
0: what okay. What do we
2: need to do? What What do we need to do to get each person here? This is something you know well. Responsible. Yeah for taking on the actions, like you have the app. But you know what? People will look at an app at times, okay? <clears throat>
1: yeah, and that's why yeah. I'm glad
2: that you have that, 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 uh, that uh, additive area of having it be a game that becomes addictive because yeah. at least you're addicted sure. to making a, doing something <clears throat> that's going to help save your life, okay? Yes,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah, How yeah. do we
2: get our people out <clears throat> here to do this now? How do we get them started, even well, in addition to what you're talking about?
0: Oh sure, sure, sure. Well, I think you get them started by you have to, you have to. However you do it, you know the thing that I've seen in, in this whole deal is you have to stop the action. So, for example, you know I I do lots of talks and presentations and things like that, and you know and I tell people that what the experts will tell you. If, you're, if you, you know, aren't going to, you know, kind of behind the scenes, not in the press conference or anything, but what they'll tell you is, is that in the matter of climate change, it's probably already too late. Now, when you tell wow. people that, they don't, they don't hear you, right? They'll hear whatever they hear, but there's going to be this instantaneous, that can't be true, blah, blah, blah. It's just, you know, it's like when you hear anything, like when you first hear, you know, your house is on fire if you ever heard that or when you first hear that you've got a real, you know, a terrible disease. If a doctor's ever told you that, you know, there's going to be that initial deflection of it, like the denial of it, like it can't be, it's impossible. There's, there's just that natural what's there for human beings and you have to stay with it and say, and tell them again and tell them again. And eventually it'll be like, they'll actually start to hear it. So, so, to be able to be with the situation and get the situation communicated in a way that first of all the reality gets in, right? That it's not just this thing that you can stay hopeful about and some, you know, somebody's going to come along and fix it. And then the second piece you got to get in is and it actually is possible for you, yes you, not the person next to you or not, you know, the person across the street, for you to actually take an action. That can do something about this, really, because that's the other part that's tough for people to hear. Because oh. it's, it's so much indoctrinated in us that the powers in the government, that the powers in the UN, that you're just an individual, you're just a cog in the wheel. You know, you don't really matter. I mean, it's just you know we're bombarded with that from the you know from when we're kids about how much of a difference we don't make. And so those two pieces, once they start to get in the natural response, and I've never seen it be anything else, is that the person says, okay, great, what can I do?
2: Got it. Got
3: it. Got it. Wow. So is this is – Wow. So uh, are you saying that at this point it's non-reversible – or do you think everybody has to just stop driving cars and stop everything and we all no, go back
0: to there is There is the element that's non-reversible. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there that hasn't been proven in terms of, oh, if we shoot sulfur into the atmosphere, if we bury carbon in lead, lead-encased containers in the ocean, all this whack, whack, whack stuff, right? But, but what's up there is what's up there. It, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's there. The, the damage has been done for what's been done. The extinct species are never going to come back. All of the things that we've extinguished hmm. are never coming back, never coming back. The coral that we've, you know, is not coming back. I mean, that's, we have just done it, and that's what there is to be responsible for and deal with it, but that's it. And now what we've got is here's where we are, here's where we're headed, if we want to end up somewhere other than where we're headed, this is what there is to do. And forget about why and who to blame and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The glaciers don't care. They don't care. The act, The action that that's taken doesn't care if who's taking the action is a Democrat or a Republican or if who's taking the action is a Muslim or a Catholic. The action doesn't care. It's simply a matter of does the action get taken or not. Okay. So – if we want
3: to keep where we're at now, we have to do something to stay exactly where we're at at this point. That's right. So get, that's
0: right. So, okay. so it's simply it. about it. not having it get significantly worse. Okay. That's where we are.
2: Wow. Wow. Well, we really, really, really thank you, Lachlan, for being with us today. And, of course, you'll come back when your app is more in and you're telling us more about your tour and everything. We
1: love exactly. having you. You're a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yes. And I'll study, <laughs> I'll study up all those, feed me those questions beforehand so I can ask some people that could tell you what the hell the is going on there. So that would help, right?
2: <clears throat> yeah,
0: but you know what is also
2: really great is the honesty because, you know, often many people – Will you know? Try to act as though they know when they don't. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So yeah. And, and look, that and, and, is really. I'm the model. I'm the mo, I'm the model. You know, ordinary person walking around that isn't an expert. Okay, we we know what we know, but luckily I got experts around me. But I, you know, I I'm just the ordinary person, right? So that's this is who it's the the thing is made for. We didn't make this thing for experts.
3: Well, I, I want you to ask them about the hairspray. So when you come back the next time. Ask them about
1: the <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, fine. And I'll also Google brill cream. Maybe I can still get Next. you some that's on some shelf in the Topeka, Kansas, in the back of some hardware store. So, you know, we'll we'll you get you some.
3: Hair. Yeah, you have perfect hair, so I want to know the secret. Just...
0: <laughs>
2: wow. Well, it was it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yes. I appreciate it, I really, and I thank you for the work that you that you all do. It's just very, very inspiring, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to be with you and the, your audience, and it's just really wonderful.
1: Well, you we know, thank you, you and back. I'm glad.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can. And, and one thing we want our audience to know at Lachlan on is that we are not journalists. We want people to know that. We have much bigger projects we're involved with. We're involved in music projects. We're involved with the UN, like Lachlan is. You know, we're involved with partnerships with NGOs. And we want people to know with Lachlan on the call here, we have people like Lachlan on to inspire others that their dreams are not dreams but reality that they can create themselves, which is why he's mobilizing people to understand they have a say in what goes on with their environment around them. So that's really why we're on is to inspire you to take your life on Mm. and be okay with what the outcome is either way because you've actually taken it on. Mm.
1: Mm. That's
2: That's why we're here for this show. This is not, you know, to tell you the latest news. We do do that. But, you know, Jay and I take our time out every week because this is something that we're committed to. We're not altruistic, you know altruistic, as they say, but we we know where we've come from, and we know what goes on yes, do we we all want to you know the the mantra that Jay and I live by is being true to who you say you are, oh. being paid well for the talents that you have, so that you can give back to the global community at large. Some people today don't get how hard the work is that Lachlan, myself, and Jay do. They think it's, you know, let's look good by, it's the newest trend, we'll help the community. Mm. When they're not even connected to the community that they're serving, they're just connected to let me look good. And they tell themselves Mm. it's their purpose on top of that. That's not what Mm. we do here. So Mm. just really thank you, Lachlan. Really, really thank Mm.
0: you. Yeah, yeah, you're so, so, so welcome.
2: So welcome. Yes, Thank yes. You. So, Lachlan, we are going to let you go and have you back in the future and keep working it on, Loughlin.
1: Yay! <laughs>
0: okay, bye. Bye. Bye.
2: bye. 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 So, Jay. I'm going to ask you to give a little bit of the latest news, okay, a little bit more. while we bring on our last guest, who's Ingrid Calderini. I'm really excited about her because she's out of the U.K., all right, and I did make a mistake with her audience on on, um, one of our assistants made a mistake in what she does. She's a proprietor of bulk market in the U.K., so I just wanted you guys to know that. And we're just really grateful, you know, for all our guests today. It's really been a blast. So this last one, you know, is new for us. We're not sure, you know, uh, kind of how, you know, what it's going to be like, but we are really excited about it. And right after, you know, just right after, you know, having uh, Jay here, it's going to be really great. So without further ado, Jay is going to share uh, some more news with you for the next three four minutes while we bring on the other people. Would you do that, Jay? All
3: right. Um, I'd just like to get into a little bit of DACA. You know, for teachers working through DACA, it's kind of like this year. People haven't talked about it enough. It's been a bittersweet, bittersweet start for the school year from some teachers. Uh, uh, Mr. Jamie Felicione uh Tried to contain his tears last Tuesday By teaching Brooklyn sixth graders About liquid gases and solids In between science classes At a charter school in East New York He broke down at his desk um, The government Had just canceled the uh, Deferred actions for childhood arrivals Which is the DACA Program um, Which has, has granted temporary protection From deportation to immigrants Brought to the country at a young age Now under the DACA as the program is known, they attend college and they obtain work permits to work here in our country. And many went back to the profession that inspired them in the first place. Uh, The last few years that this guy has been teaching was, he had a world of possibilities for him and his students. Um, He's only 25, Mr. Uh, Balasero. And he's from the Philippines. He said today, I just didn't feel the same level of hope And he's just one of the estimated 10000 DACA recipients in New York who now face uncertain futures, according to the statistics kept by the city. The current administration gave Congress six months to come up with legislative solutions while allowing uh, these DACA permits to last until they expire. And, you know, the DACA recipients often recipients, known as dreamers,
1: they have a wide impact
3: in New York and all around our country, small business owners, financial analysts, internet entrepreneurs, and nurses. So in May two thousand fifteen, uh,
1: 2016,
3: New York State allowed DACA recipients to get licenses for teaching and 57 other professions, and after 2015, Court paid the court paved the in the rulings that from Staten Island to, the to
1: become a lawyer. Um,
3: the point I'm trying to make here is, you know, we are all Americans and we should look out for each other. You know, um, a lot of these people came here when they were children, and they've become they have become great American citizens. Um, And so I just think that this serious issue should be brought to the forefront to try to keep some of these, you know, great citizens who are helping our kids, our economy, and are helping the whole American way become that. Because after all, we all are immigrants. And that's some of the news um, that I wanted to bring. Um, also, I want to get back to this flying car. You know, I, I really like this thing because, you know, I, I always used to watch the Jetsons. And, and I, I I really, 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 really want to fly one of these things. I think Gail wants to fly one. We've been talking about these flying cars, you know, for a couple of years now. So so now they're coming out with this flying drone that you could you could use. Or you can put your iPad in it. It has a touchscreen. It's easy to use. You just select your destination and you sit back and relax. you don't even have to drive. No stressful commutes, no traffic, nothing. So I'm all for these drones, you know. Um, we need this type of transportation, will cut down on traffic. And um, could you imagine just being in a passenger drone and maybe a Uber passenger, uh, Uber, Uber, excuse me, Uber tra- passenger drone could come to your house, pick you up take you to make your groceries, take you to work, and fly back home. You don't have to worry about parking, parking tickets, um, uh, at least until they perfect uh, jetpacks and teleportation. You know? So right now we can't beam me up starting, and we don't have perfect jetpacks. But this drone is the next thing until they perfect teleportation and jetpacks. So you guys be ready for these drones, and when you see them, don't be shocked that you heard it here first on the listen, give show about these drones. Um, I don't know how much they're going to cost, you know? Um, but I do know it definitely would help traffic. Cause over in the California, we have huge traffic problems and, uh, and these things, they don't have any emissions. So there's no emission problem. They run on electricity. It cuts down. We just had Laughlin on the show, <laughs> it Cuts down on the smog. And, um, Beware, because uh, I just can't wait to uh, I get my hands on one. I hope I'm around to, to do this. The earlier news that uh, I was talking about, uh, the Sony licensing deal, how it would change uh, music and how remixes is made. Could you imagine taking a song uh, or a piece of Michael Jackson's thriller and coming up with your own song, but you're using the musician's that are playing on Thriller, but you write an entirely different song. It's a great thing because you can use some of the musicians over there, and you can buy these things called film.
2: Well, Jay, I'm day. so sorry to interrupt your news, but we do have Ingrid Calderini, and we're really excited to have her. She is from the bulk market In the United Kingdom, Ingrid, would you meet Jay Logan from San Francisco? And I'm Gail Davis in New York, and we're so happy to have you on with our audience.
4: Oh, thank you, Gail, for having me. Uh, Hi, Uh, I'm the founder of Folk Market, and uh, yeah, here I am.
2: Well, just to let you know, we're going to ask you a series of questions, okay? And we just really ask that you tailor your answers to the questions because, Ingrid, we don't want you to give away all the good stuff ahead of time. Is that okay with you?
1: Yeah, that's fine.
2: Okay, great. So um, one of the things, Ingrid, you know, bulk markets, just like you said, and, and I'm really excited about this because it really is, it, well, I'm not going because I'm about to tell everything myself, so I'm just going to be quiet uh, about that part of it. But one of the things um, I wanted to share here is, You know, you started Bulk Market in the United Kingdom, okay? And I know that people could go to your website and figure out, you know, what this is about. But we want to hear in your own words, like, what made you start Bulk Market and what is Bulk Market so that our audience all over the world knows what you're doing?
4: Um, So I decided to start this business um, because I was really unhappy of how supermarkets operate um the way they um source the food, the way they sell the food, the 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 way things are packaged. So I was I wasn't really happy about all these things and um I was struggling to have my, my grocery shopping done at the end of the week. So um I wanted to be able to support um the right businesses and avoid packaging uh and I wasn't able to do this at all. Um I was going to so many different places. Um should get uh my grocery shopping done, and um I was spending so much time um doing this on my Saturdays, and I thought this was insane, like this is not easy, and being sustainable should be easy it shouldn't be the other way around um so I thought, okay, so that's a big gap in the market like it, people do need to um, have a way to be sustainable and not let like, try to um uh, you know um Trying to um, to be a, like to, to fight to be sustainable. That's that's crazy. So yeah, so I, I've done this because I really needed a place to shop, and that was for my own needs. But I knew that other lots of other people they were struggling as well, and they wanted to um, find a one shop for all the things they they needed in a sustainable way. So um, all all the suppliers I I um, support and I use for my shop. They are um, local, so Alma Produce is a K grown and is uh, certified by Soil Association, so certified organic. And um, I also support um, some other social enterprises around me. Uh, I'm based in, in the Hackney borough in London, and there are lots of food makers and, and amazing people doing lots of great things. So I wanted to support them. So uh, I helped uh, two bakeries uh, in the same borough, and they. Bake all my cookies and my bread that I get every morning, and they help young people um, uh, getting out of the crime life, and uh, they help um, disadvantaged women with um, backgrounds like um, being abused and or being out of jail, else from jail, and they don't have a job or they don't have uh, skills. So they train these people, so they they become bakers, and they supply businesses with um, amazing bread, amazing pastries and I'm selling all these things in my shop for them. So it's not only zero waste; it's like a social impact as well, um, and keeping the local economy and helping the local economy to grow. So I think that's pretty much the business model I wanted to support, and that's what I created with both markets.
1: Wow. Wow.
4: <clears throat> oh, um, Ingrid, I want
3: to know how do you feel this helps the environment?
4: Sorry, second. I can I can't hear you, Gail.
2: No, no, that was Jay.
3: Hi, Ingrid. This is Jay. I wanted to know how do you feel. This helps our environment.
4: Um, about the environment. So, so well, I think well, the, the way. We, sorry, second.
2: No, he's asking how do you feel. What you're doing helps the environment.
4: How he just helps the environment. Well, yeah. not, producing, not enabling people to live a sustainable life, not polluting the environment by consumption, it's a great thing. Um, I, I always thought that um, it's normal to create waste, uh, waste is like a normal output of modern life, but I don't think it's the case. I think it's just bad design. I think things are not designed to break down, like um, plastic, disposable plastic. Um, they shouldn't be disposable. Because plastic is, is a material that is designed to last for hundreds of years. So why you would lo- you would use a material that is designed this way to be disposable, to be used once and tossed in a bin? So I think this is a really poor design. And all the things that are done this way, like in, in a kind of a throwaway uh, culture, um, this should be changed. Like we, we shouldn't be throwing away so much. We shouldn't be consuming so much. We should think about our consumption and how the, this impacts the environment. Doing zero, Going zero waste means that you're just shopping what you need. So you're not going to buy loads of food that you're going to store. So you don't have food waste. And food waste has a huge environmental impact, not only economical and not only social, and also the packaging waste. So what, buying bulk uh, stores like mine, you can buy what you need, and then you can reuse your own containers. Uh, you, ca- you can... Um, use uh, paper bags I provide paper bags which are totally compostable so as opposed to uh... hello hello
2: yeah we, we thought we lost you well you know that that's pretty interesting because you know Ingrid one of the things that I'd like to know is there's a lot going on around plastic bags in the environment okay everyone's talking about it all over the world okay I'm sure for you to do what you're doing with bulk market, you had to do a little bit of research into plastic bags. Can you t- share with our audience what you found out about plastic bags?
4: Yes, uh, Yes, I, I've done a lot of work, uh, legwork before I opened the shop. Uh, so it was pretty much like a year of um, research and procurement and um, Searching for the best suppliers and the, the, the people that would be in the supply chain that would support this mission. So, uh, as I said, when I, put, when I make my supply chain shorter, I'm able to uh, cut a lot of waste because lots of people ask, okay, you're a zero waste shop, uh, but I'm pretty sure that your stuff gets um, in your shop in packaging. That's true, but um, I, I'm able to reduce a lot of this packaging by um, shortening the supply chain. So, when I use people, local, in the same same borough where I am, um, I'm able to um, get like um, a different way of getting the things, like as an example, I get my coffee from a local roastery, so I use a reusable uh, box with a lid and I just go there, they fill it up with the coffee and then I fill my bin, I sell the coffee and then once it's finished I just go back and refill. So it's a great way for me to avoid lots of um, plastic uh, packaging for coffee but the coffee beans I get in my shop and the bread and everything else I get in in card boxes or paper bags uh, delivered my my vegetables are the same so I, I can avoid a lot of um, harmful plastic by using local suppliers that's a, a, one solution that I've done for, for this wow
2: well, interesting. well, Jay, I know you had one had another question for her.
3: Yes, I do. Um, do you want to own more stores in other areas or countries? Do you want to own more Hello? stores in other?
4: Hello?
2: Yes, he's asking, do you want to own more stores in other areas of uh, England or other countries?
4: Uh, n- <laughs> well, I think this is too early to say. Um, I do want to expand and grow um, and have more stores <laughs> in London as, for, like, a, as a first step. Um, I, I, I say this because I have lots of people coming to my shop traveling from different places, not only like people that lo- live local to Hackney, but they, they travel from West London, from North London, uh, and even outside London um my shop and there's another shop in devon um so yeah, they are the so there's two shops in the whole uk in the whole united kingdom and i think it's not enough and there's huge demand for, for for this business model so i'm really confident that um this can grow and more shops like this can open if it's not my shop that's going said. i'm pretty sure somebody else is going to do this
2: wow wow you know, one of, the, one of the things I would like to ask you is, I would like to know, starting this type of business, you know, every entre- entrepreneur, Ingrid, goes through something, okay, every entrepreneur, and it's not easy, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to start a business and I just get started and that's easy. Can you tell us what were some of your challenges as well as some of the things that you thought were hard that turned out to be easy in starting this particular business, especially something that is sustainable, you know, and creates sustainability for others?
4: Um, I think people, like lots of people are asking me how to set up a zero-way shop or I want to do this. Uh, I am – I think your shop is amazing, and I'm tired, and want to change the world. I think this is all really cool. The problem is, um, you do need uh, a lot of uh, research, and you need to be prepared to, um, to, like, as I say to people, prepare, like, prepare to open your own business as you're preparing to cross the Gobi Desert. Like, it's really difficult. And you do need a um, lot of um, knowledge in uh, finance, small business finance and accounting and management, um, you know, doing our procurement and finding suppliers and contractors. And not only that, like all the, the legislation, all the regulations, like health and safety regulations, all, all this kind of training, uh, permits and licenses, uh, and also preparing um for anything that you're not expecting, like, um, I don't know, like if if you're, well, in London, uh, property is an issue, like commercial property, so you have a lot of dodgy landlords um, renting out spaces that are not really fit for purpose, so you can expect having damages or loss of stock, lots of issues like with uh, disputes, like legal disputes, like all sorts of things. So I think you really need to think about all the things and not only like, oh, okay, I'm going to set up a business. I have some money and uh, I'm really inspired. I want to do what I'm what i uh, I'm passionate about. This is really cool, but you do need to be prepared that like this is hard work. You probably will, won't be able to give uh, as much attention as you wanted to your family, to your friends for a while. You need to focus entirely in, in managing your business. And if you're alone, even worse, like... I hard I I really, really strongly recommend people being um in at least like two entrepreneurs doing this together because I'm I'm doing this by myself with my dog <laughs> and it's really hard. And um I wish I had somebody else with me um to help. This is really important. So that I think that's the advice I give to people.
2: Wow. Well I know we have two more questions for you and Jay has one question for you himself. Yeah. Jay, do we still have you?
3: Yes. Um, starting this type of business, how has it been as an entrepreneur? Can Sorry,
4: you I, I cannot really hear Jay. Um, uh, 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 yes.
2: What did you What did you say, Jay? Can you speak a little louder for her? Yes.
3: Starting this type of business that you have now, how has it been as an entrepreneur?
2: Like, how has it been for you, Igrid, as an entrepreneur? Now that you've started the business, you found out what some of the challenges are. How has it been for you now that you've opened for a while? How has it been for you starting this business?
4: Um, I think, um, well, it's kind of – it's a crazy gig, (laughs) It's, um, it's been amazing, uh, like um, doing something that I truly believe and it's aligned with my values. Uh, it's really awesome. And uh, being able to help all these people coming to my shop, um, all the people, they, they were struggling to be sustainable, now they can find easy and is uh, actually affordable. Because lots of people say, oh, being sustainable, shopping zero waste, or buying organic is too expensive. I cannot afford that. Uh, actually, the way I've done um, it uh, makes it affordable and easy for people. So I am really happy that I am enabling these people to live a, better, a, a like a better way, a more healthier lifestyle and aligned to their values as well. So this is really, really um, um, amazing for me, um, apart from all the hard work and all the stress and the, all the other things going on, like it's really a crazy gig, but um, it's a worth, it's a worthwhile one. Wow.
2: Well, well, my last question for you, Ingrid, is this: You've gotten a lot of write-ups, uh, you know, from newspaper, well-known newspapers, and everything. What do you, th- you know, what what was it that brought so many people to you?
4: Um, I think because uh, it's. Um, it's um, something that um, is a kind of a new concept. And, um, well, not in, I mean, lots of other places in the world have like a kind of 0 waste shop, especially in, in Europe, and US is getting really popular. But I think the agenda now is going really towards sustainability. And in the United Kingdom, there are lots of um, newspapers and lots of articles about food waste, uh, and now packaging waste and the impact of plastic pollution is coming up as well. So I think mm-hmm. it's going higher up in the agenda, and um, I, I don't know. I think um, it's just because it's a different way. Like, people in London, they're always busy. They like convenience. It's a totally different way of shopping. And um, it's totally different from
2: supermarkets.
4: Interesting. Very interesting.
2: Well, we thank you for your time, and we are going to check back in with you down the road to find out more about you. Uh, we will let our audience know there was a mistake made. She is not an electronic or, uh, artist. She is the proprietor of Bulk Market, which represents zero waste in the United Kingdom. And we will correct that for you. And, Ingrid, we do apologize. Um, so we're, oh, thank you. And and we're grateful. Where can people find out about you or visit you? Would you share that with our audience?
4: Yeah, sure. So, um People can follow us on um, uh, our Twitter handles and um, Instagram and Facebook is Bulkmark UK. So, if you guys follow us on Bulk Market UK, you, you know everything like what is going on in the shop and our plans and well, all the updates, all the bugs.
2: Well, we thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to talking to you again. And so, that is our show for the week. You have people like Ingrid Carter, Carterini, is it right, Carterini? Is that correct, Ingrid? Cal-
4: Calderoni.
2: Calderoni. People like her who inspire us to be better, to do better, and go for our dreams. And that doesn't mean it's always easy, but when you turn your dreams into being fulfilled, it becomes something that you're proud of and that you're giving back to. So with that, we say have a great week, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Ingrid, for being with us.
4: Thank Thanks. you, Ariel.
5: Okay, round two. Name something
0: that's not boring.
5: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
4: Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.